Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. The Athletic. I hope anybody's not stupid enough to write us off. It's time for two stars. This is the Nottingham Forest podcast from The Athletic. On this, our penultimate episode of the season, we'll answer your questions, look ahead to the Reds' final game of the campaign as Forest faced Preston in the wow, wasn't their season underwhelming derby, and we'll ask, did they really play for Forest? Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on The Athletic. This is Two Stars. Welcome in then, listener, whether you're a first-timer or a long-timer, we're glad to have your company. I'm Matt Davis-Adams, joined as ever by The Athletic's Forest correspondent, Paul Taylor. Hi, Paul. Good morning to you. And also alongside Paul, he is the limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, son of a gun, the nature boy. Woo! Nick Miller. You right, Nick? <laughs> I think for the first time, I know the name of the wrestler that you're referring to there. That's, that's Rick. Great. That's Rick Flair, isn't it? It certainly is Ric Flair, yes. Um, remarkably still alive after a, 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 an incredible life. Um, if you ever get bored, by the way, there's a great ESPN 30 for 30 on Ric Flair. Um, I'd recommend that. Anyway, Forest football. Uh, not much going on, I'll be honest. But <laughs> we're going to start with something incredibly important. This came to us from listener David Henderson, who tweeted saying, Nottingham Residential Areas is Champions League finalists. I'm going up market, Park G Sung, which I think is absolutely exceptional work. Uh, Nick, can you better it? Uh, no, but I, I've got some <laughs> anyway. Um, and uh, I think uh, from our chat before we start recording, the, a lot of them are all a bit of a stretch. I've got Ed Walton van der Sar. Very good, yeah. yeah? yeah. Um, in honour of the man who managed Aston Villa to the 1982 European Cup, Tony Barton Joyce, but Burton, yeah, Burton yeah, Joyce, like Bar- Barton, yeah. T- Barton, yeah, um, playing centre back for Manchester United uh, in the nineteen sixty eight final. Bilbra Folks, Bill, Bill Folks, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll take that. Um, and uh, this one doesn't count because he never played the Champions League final, but it's going to say anyway because I was so happy with it. Uh, Sylvan Wilford. <laughs> 
Wil- Wilford. <laughs> All right, yeah, it doesn't count there because he didn't no. play in the Champions League final. Uh, Paul, you, you weren't feeling that confident before we switched the mics on. I'm guessing having heard Nick's, you, you might be feeling a bit better about you. <laughs> right. Tiago Silverdale. Uh, oh, I like that, yeah. It's not strictly a place. It, it's more of a coach, but still I thought it was Nottingham related and everybody would know. Everybody's envisaging the back of the Forest programme with uh, the two cloughs sat on the ground outside Silverdale coaches in Radcliffe. Yeah, 100%. There we go. Yep. Uh, Phil Farnden. Oh, dear. So I do, I, yes, I could see your face there. But the, the next one might make up for it because it's a double whammy. Not only does it have one, it has two for the price of one. Oh, hello. Okay. Trent Alexander-Arnold. Oh, oh there yeah. you go. Oh, that yeah, is the real no, quiz. That's, that's strong. That's yeah. no tweaking. That's just two flat-out places. Very good. Yeah, no, that's really yeah. good. But I'm done now. That, that, that was me peaking right there. I think I don't think I'm going to better that, definitely. I've got loads. They're, they're pretty much all dreadful. In terms <laughs> of players playing in this year's Champions League final, uh, I've got Ed Walterson. Edison, doesn't really work. Uh, Marcus Aslockton. Marcus Alonso. Uh, Tony Ruddington, Tony Rudiger. <laughs> the obvious one, which nobody's got, is Ben Chilwell. Yeah, I've just, I, I've, I've got a, um, listener, this isn't my process anyway, I've got a map of Nottingham open in front of me and I've just spotted Chilwell and yeah. uh, pretty annoyed that I didn't get that one. Oh well. Missed the boat. So my, my technique here was to go on Wikipedia and get the places in Nottinghamshire and then a list of European Cup final winning managers and whatever. So I've also got Ollerton Gunnar Solskjaer. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, better. Yeah, John Rolleston. Apparently, oh. Rolleston's a place in Nottinghamshire. Never heard of it. Uh, Beast in Munich. <laughs> Aspley Villa. PSV Ed Walton. There is definitely, there, there must be a Power League team somewhere called Beast it's in called Munich. Called Beast in Munich. Yeah. You'd have thought so, wouldn't you? Uh, Bob Pleasley. Could you have that? Oh, dear. Red Star Bestwood, maybe. Oh, there's, there's some desperation here, isn't there? <laughs> Carlo Annesliotti. <laughs> Christ, uh, you did. You did say you had a lot, and you did say they weren't very good. Both things are proven <laughs> to be true. So Matt Bunny, I, oh, I was no. I was desperately trying to make some connection between John O'Hare and Bunny, but um, I mean, it was just, at the time I thought it was a stretch, but having heard some of yours, I, I'm I'm disappointed I didn't go for it. Really. Okay, well, we'll finish with Giovanni Trowl Patoni. The silence says more than real words ever could. <laughs> um, thanks, David. We, we I'm going to need a summer that. break after this. <laughs> uh, right, later we'll look ahead to the not at all non-event of a game that is pressing at the city ground. But first, you've got questions, we've got answers. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. (laughs) 
So inspired by Paul's Q&A session on The Athletic this week, we thought we'd take some of those questions and have a chat about them. Uh, here's one from Sai, who asks, will the owners give Hewton much cash to splash on new players or will it be more of a case of selling to fund new purchases? I guess we should be OK in terms of FFP if that's even a thing anymore. Um, Paul, the, the kind of prevalent school of thought, I think, is let's keep the incomings to a minimum and the outgoings mm. maybe being more significant than that. I mean, is that going to affect the transfer budget or is there a set transfer budget? I don't think there's a set transfer budget, but I, without being overly bleak about things, uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all if there was at least one sale this summer, because that's historically been the way that the club's uh, worked. You know, every summer they make one significant sale, and they tend to do so reasonably well. Nobody wants to see anybody sold, but but Forest seem to be quite good at striking reasonable deals for players who do go out the exit. You know, Matty Cash, sixteen million pounds last summer. Uh, Oliver Burke, thirteen million pounds. Ben Brereton, seven million pounds. Uh, they, they they tend to recoup a good amount of cash for players. Not that anybody ever wants to see them leave, but then that money's reinvested. And I mean, we can have a whole we could do a whole podcast on on last summer's recruitment and the the rights and and more specifically the wrongs of it. But uh, but yeah, I, I I think it is going to be another busy summer. There's no escaping that. It just is because there's so many players who are out of contract. So many players are on loan. There's seven out of contract, five on loan. There's loan players who are going to come back from from where they've been that probably haven't got a future at the club. Uh, there's a lot to sort out. And within that, I suspect Chris Hewton will probably make five, six, seven new additions just to try and build a squad that is roughly... You know, 24, 23 players supported by some some youngsters as well. Uh, he has got a lot of work to do and you just hope that it's done with, uh, I was going to say a sense of sensibleness, but that, that's not even <laughs> a right, that's not a sentence. Uh, you know, it, it, you want it to be sensible. You want it to be carefully planned. You want it to be well thought out. You don't want it just to be a string of individual signings that all added up together don't really make a cohesive squad. Yeah, that sounds awfully familiar. Nick, the optimist in me says just get rid of all the dross. But A, there's quite a lot of it. And B, I can't see many people wanting to pay money for a, a lot of the players that I'm thinking of. So the concern is then that if they do want to buy somebody new, they will cash in on lovely Joe Worrell. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, the, the you have two sort of cross purposes, really, that, that, as we've said many times, and most Forest fans would pro- probably agree. We'd we'd like the disruption and the player churn to be kept to a, a relative minimum this summer, but then again, you also want to get rid of all the rubbish players. So, and the, there are, um, well, perhaps rubbish players is a bit harsh, but perhaps players who it hasn't quite worked out for at Forest this <laughs> season, um, and it is quite difficult to to square those those two things, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, as 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 I think we again we've discussed on this before. If, if there is going to be one sale, then it's simply in terms of it's the position where Forrester kind of most stocked. Then you know, Warrell would if you you know you have to choose one. Warrell would be the kind of the one that you choose simply because there's there's Figueredo and McKenna and Lower can be so and you know. Uh, Michael Dawson is still technically a footballer, although you know his contract's up, obviously. Um, so, yeah, as, as sad as we would be to see Warrell go, he he would probably be the the most obvious choice to to sell if there does have to be a sale. 
Uh, Paul, Sam's asked about these West Hamlings with, with Joe Worrell. Um, I'd be absolutely devastated if he went there because I do not like West Ham at all. Is there any truth <laughs> in those rumours? Uh, West Ham, Norwich, Burnley—they're they're, all—they're all clubs that have supposedly been looking at him. And uh, you know, Burnley's pursuit of him is is the you know longest thing in football, really, isn't it? They, they've been looking at him for about the past five windows, it seems. But uh, and, and we know they had a, a bid turned down a few years ago for him. Whether they put enough money on the table to persuade Forrest to do any kind of business, I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's just whoever comes up with the money. What 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 fascinates me is is whether there's going to be a marketplace at all this summer. Are are Premier League clubs, and I suspect Premier League clubs are going to be the ones that are least affected by everything that's gone off. But are they still going to come and offer big money for for a player like Joe Worrell? Would they offer ten million pounds for him, or are they going to start start trying to take the Mickey a little bit by just abusing the position of of, of clubs like Forest and, and clubs in the Championship, knowing full well that they will have been affected far more by the the lack of gate money and the kind of income that that brings with it, uh, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what the, the the standpoint of of clubs who are trying to buy is, and it's going to be interesting to see what what Forest's position is. I don't get the sense at all, by the way, that they are suddenly going to start selling players on the cheap. That's not what I'm suggesting. It's just it's going to be curious to see what what Premier League clubs do, whether they try and lowball. On, on, on players like Worrell or not. There is a sort of line of logic to, to think that if Premier League clubs are a bit more strapped for cash, then um, they won't be able to afford, you know, 20 million on uh, a centre-back from, uh, you know, from you know a, a higher level team. So even though there are the kind of inherent risks of signing someone from the championship, they may think that, you know, eight, nine, 10 million pounds for a, you know, very solid proven championship defender is actually the kind of the sensible investment at this point and the most sensible way of using what what money they have so uh, you, you know th- this is without much kind of insider knowledge it's more of a kind of logical sort of logical leap more than anything but um that's what i would have thought that the, where, where the, um, the the those clubs will go particularly as west ham have kind of uh, have done all right with signing players from the championship in the last couple of years jared bowen mm. side ben rama's done all right this, this season Villa too, Ollie Watkins and Matty Cash. Yeah, 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 exactly. That. Just as uh, on a, a very minor tangent, um, Matt, it might uh, sort of you, you might enjoy with your West Ham hatred that there is with with all the various permutations with um, clubs getting to various European finals, there is a possibility that West Ham will, could finish fourth this season, and not get into the Champions League. Um, which I'm sure you will enjoy enormously. Relies on Chelsea yeah. and uh, Arsenal winning their respective European tournaments and not finishing the top four, but it's possible. It's possible. Just to briefly explain that, uh, delusions of grandeur, which is why the main reason I don't like them, but also went to Upton Park once, somebody threw a glass bottle at me, landed about a yard from my foot. This was in the stand. I said to the steward, did you see that? I ain't seen nothing. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I don't like West Ham much. Um, just lastly on, on Worrell, I, I think Forrest is probably in a pretty decent position because, as Paul's mentioned before, he's not agitating for a move, but also he's contracted to 2024, isn't he? So it's not like there needs to be a standoff about it this summer um, no. particularly. Uh, here's a pertinent one from Stephen. Do you think Gary Brazil will have any input into who we signed this summer? And if not, do you think that he should? And it, we, we kind of touched on this with, with Arsha Ali last week about what this new role exactly is. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm fascinated to know how him and Chris Hewton are working together. And I guess that will be a big part of whether Brazil has much in, input into who actually comes in this summer. 
Forrest made a big deal out of Gary Brazil getting this new role and it all sounded like a very good plan and it all sounded very reasonable and it was great that somebody who has a long track record of, of bringing young players through and knows what a good young player is and what it looks like, it was going to have a greater hand in, in the transfer business. Now look, it's only one transfer window going back to January uh, since since this new appointment and since moving him into this new role and but in that window you didn't get much sense that he'd had a great deal to do with his players that came in hopefully uh, and, and when you look at a few of the players that Forrest have been linked with this summer there is a, a few of those amongst them that you might think do feel like they've got the fingerprints of, of Gary Brazil on them you know like Jerry Yates and uh, one or two of the lower league players whose names have been mentioned that he's likely to have come across uh, with with his knowledge of, of domestic football, then uh, yeah, maybe this summer he, he will have a greater say. But so far, there's there's not been a lot of evidence to say that his his influence has been huge. Uh, hope hopefully that'll change because you know last summer's recruitment was evidence of uh, of where things do need to change a little bit. I, I would say January's recruitment was pretty good all round. They signed some good players who uh, who did make a difference, and uh, if if they can follow the same path again, making a, a, a handful of sensible considered. Uh, signings then then they'd, they'd be on a very good path yeah striker and james garner would do nicely and that, mm. that kind of rolls us on to, to a couple of questions i'll put together about chris hewton one from phil and one from gus uh phil says any ideas what the ownership think of hewton's progress is he likely to get sacked six games into next season gus said how would you rate hewton's performance as a manager so far out of 10 personally i'd give him a three and think that's fairly generous uh nick <laughs> i'm going a little higher than than three i'm pitching around the the seven mark in that he was brought in to stop forest getting relegated and he's done that yeah it kind of feels like gus hello gus uh it was sort of <laughs> Uh, it was a leading question, I think, wasn't it? <laughs> um, and by the sounds of uh, reading um, reading Paul's response to it on the, the piece in the Athletic, it's been a it's been a rolling conversation that between, um, between <laughs> Gus and Mr. Taylor. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, certainly more generous than than, than three. Uh, probably, I, I probably six out of ten. I think I'd say. I mean, he's he's obviously done. Um, he stabilised, made Forrest much more defensively solid. Um, the goals are a problem, and oftentimes the kind the the the, the football is sort of fairly stodgy. And but as as we've kind of talked about before on this podcast, this is exactly what we expected. This is exactly what we kind of what we sort of build for Hewton. So it's, it's me saying six out of ten is not necessarily a kind of I don't know. Um, uh, not necessarily a criticism, and it's like I kind of reminded of those sorts of um, you know those financial adverts where they say past performance is not a reliable indicator for future performance. <laughs> uh, you know, protect your investments wisely. His perform the, the performance of Forest this season, I don't think is necessarily a reflection of how Forest are going to play next season, or hopefully not. Uh, anyway, this has very very much been the kind of solidifying. Um, a few months, or you know, actually six, seven months, and then after that, hopefully there will be, uh, and with the uh, you know, a couple of relevant signings, um, that will maybe allow for us to play a, a, a little bit more expansive football. We'll have a little bit more of that um, next season. But yes, Gus, you're a very harsh man. Perhaps he, 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 it sounds <laughs> it sounds like he's um, he's going to very much in the spirit of uh, Lequipe, who who you know famously. Give very sort of sniffy low marks. They gave, um, I think they gave Phil Foden the, the other night uh, of Manchester City. Tor Pierce year part six out of ten. 
<laughs> I was wondering if Gus was like an enemy of Chris Hume, but surely Chris Hume hasn't got any enemies. No. He just seems like too nice of a man. Any any idea what, what what those in the positions of power at the club have made of him so far, Paul? Presumably, mi- mission accomplished. I, I think they are quietly satisfied without being blown away. Uh, there's absolutely no suggestion that they've got any notion or any thought of making a change. It, it, they're, they're very much behind Chris Hewton and you know him building again next next season. I, I I mean, this is Forest. I wouldn't be under any illusions if 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 there isn't progress made pretty quickly next season, then that situation could change fairly quickly. But but right at this moment, I think they still recognise that Chris Hewton is a man with a a proven track record, not least a proven track record. As, as Nick kind of hinted at, of, of of making a steady start at clubs and then building from there, he kind of saved Brighton from relegation and then had them challenging at the other end of the table the following season. So hopefully he can repeat, you know, a similar path at the city grounds next year. We, we all know where the problems are. He knows where the problems are. Solving those problems might not be as straightforward as, as it seems, but if they can go out and sign a couple of decent you know, a, a decent striker, maybe add to the attacking three, find some more creativity. Brennan Johnson could do that. Um, then hopefully the problems they've got, if they can add a few more goals to the equation, I don't think they're too far away from being, uh, what I'm saying in a long window way is a small change could make a big difference. You know, if they can just find a bit more attacking threat, I think immediately they'll become a much better side and, uh, you know, the dynamic will feel different under Hewton next season, hopefully. Yeah, and I would add that, it might not be the most attractive brand of football a lot of the time, mm. but it is quite valuable having a sensible person at the tiller of what is quite often a batshit crazy <laughs> boat, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, that's not to be underestimated. Last one from Graham, who says, do you have any idea how season ticket sales are going? How much impact has the mm. season behind locked doors had? Uh, Nick, I know your parents are, are season ticket holders. Are they, are they planning on renewing again next season? Has, has this season changed anything for them? No, absolutely not. I mean, they 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 were the only their, their reticence was that um, they didn't want to sort of go back when it's not safe, obviously. But um, but yeah, they, they they will definitely be renewing. I I mean, I'll be having words with them if they don't. They've been going since nineteen seventy. <laughs> uh, but they've had season tickets since nineteen seventy seven, I think. So um, what a great time to get a season ticket. I mean, you literally couldn't have picked a better time to start getting season tickets. Perfect. And my da- yeah, my, my dad. Um, Dirty secret here, but my dad was a Chelsea fan before he met my mum, and it was converted when they met at university. Um, and it, when they moved to Nottingham, started going in 76, 75, 76 season tickets in 77. And it's, um, uh, I'm just kind of skipping over a few things, but I think it's been pretty plain sailing ever since. <laughs> you talking about the football or the marriage? I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, let, let, let's, I think we can safely say that the marriage has gone better than the football overall. Um, but yeah, they're, 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 they will be they will be renewing. Um, I, I haven't. Uh, this is anecdotal, and, and Paul will be able to kind of uh, give a bit more sort of uh, actual <laughs> information on this. But I don't know of anyone who uh, had a season, season ticket before and is is not going to um, to renew. Um, I guess you know, theoretically, people might have of the obvious kind of safety concerns, um, and you know, the, the 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 past sort of twelve, fifteen months or so, it, it could go either way. I suppose with, with uh, supporting a club from afar and not being able to actually support the club as we all kind of want to do or, or are used to doing, you could either sort of think that you have grown disconnected with the game. 
and uh, actually going to football most Saturdays isn't, um, you, you know, your, your life has actually become much more pleasant when you can't do that uh, over the last year or so. Or you could just be sort of, you know, yearning, desperate to get back. I think most of the people I know and uh, speak to regularly are in the kind of the latter camp. But I, can, I, I wouldn't be... Um, I wouldn't judge or be surprised about anyone who who chose the who, who kind of fell into the the, the former option as well. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as I'm uh, I'm aware, and from people I've spoken to, most who had season tickets before are going to have them again. Difficult one for the club, Paul, isn't it? Because they can't really go hell for leather with the marketing when you can't guarantee that yeah. people are going to be able to get in to see every game. Well, this is it. I think the. The people who perhaps are currently waiting to see if they're going to renew or not are probably people who are thinking with their heads rather than their hearts because there there is a, a very real chance that only half the stadium, for example, could... We don't know. It, it might only be half the stadium when football returns or even less that are allowed in. You know, the capacity might be vastly reduced and I think there'll be some fans who are perhaps cautious about buying a season ticket and finding that even though they've paid out for it, that they're still watching the majority of games on on iFollow or whatever the, the, the new the new broadcasting thing is is called now. Um uh, that that is the only reason I think people would have caution these days, along with, you know, safety concerns, I guess. But if you've had your your vaccination, which by next summer, by the time next season comes around, most people will have done, then uh hopefully people will be safe from COVID and it'll just be the, the practicalities of whether they can get in or not. And you know, I really hope they can because it'd be great just to see a a full a full city ground again because I, I I do think it makes a genuine difference to the team. Just watching the Sheffield Wednesday game last weekend, it it felt so flat. It was a game that meant so much to Sheffield Wednesday, but for some reason it just felt like a a preseason friendly or a reserve game. There was no intensity there, no tempo, even despite everything that was riding on it. And I, I just can't believe for a minute that that would have been the same had there been thirty or forty thousand people there you know, screaming their team on and, and, and willing them to win. And I, I think even the football will change a little bit because there'll just naturally be more urgency and tempo and Forrest, for example, wouldn't be able to pass the ball across the back four quite as much without getting screamed at by Phil from Bullwall in the upper Trent. You know, <laughs> it, 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 it it just will naturally change. And I, I personally can't wait for that to happen. I'm really looking forward to it and hope it happens soon. Just as an aside, uh, it's not really our remit, but Christ, how passive were Sheffield Wednesday last yeah. last weekend? Unbelievable how, I mean, I know a few Wednesday fans and they are quite rightly, oh, well, actually they were sort of, their reaction to it wasn't as outraged as, as I thought it was going to be because they're sort of used to it, um, the, the season from their team. They they, they were just, I, I would have been apoplectic if I was a, a Wednesday mm-hmm. fan. They, they just didn't seem kind of keen on winning the game when, you know, when, when a couple of extra points in that could have, could, you know, could it very easily be the difference between them staying up. It's unbelievable how sort of weak and just passive they were. Anyway, sorry, that's um, that saved save us for a Sheffield Wednesday podcast. But well, that no, that's our, that's our review of the Sheffield Wednesday game. Uh, Paul, yeah. were yeah. they were they weak and passive, or were they scared? Do you think were, were they? I mean, more scared to lose it than keen to win it, kind of thing. I, I don't know if this was a factor, and it's, it's it's not my club, so I haven't done a lot of in depth research on this. So forgive me if it's wrong, but I know they haven't been paid in the past. The players, and there were some rumours going around that there's there's been delays on their most recent wages as well, which might might have been a factor if that is indeed the case. You know, if you haven't been paid, then you're not exactly going to put a shift in for the cause, are you? Uh, but, you know, it's just a club that's in a mess, isn't it? And I, I know, you know, there's an element of glass houses and stone throwing here, but uh, you, you feel bad for Sheffield Wednesday fans because they're, whatever happens, whether they stay up or 
or go down. They're 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 in a bit of a pickle, aren't they? Uh, same with Derby, to be fair. You know, uh, it makes you feel, <laughs> without being uh, too nasty about it, it makes you feel slightly relieved that things are relatively calm around these parts at the minute, doesn't it? It it it, it puts things in perspective a little bit. You know, Forest has had a pretty pant season, and uh, there's not a lot to shout about. It's been disappointing and frustrating, but at least you can kind of look forward to next season with a a vague degree of hope that things might be better. If if you're Derby or Sheffield Wednesday supporters, then there's 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 not a lot to look forward to at the minute, is there? Uh, no, there is not. But there is a good piece on the Athletic now, uh, which Nancy Frostick, the Sheffield Wednesday correspondent, and Ryan Conway, who looks after Derby, uh, have co-opted on. It's Derby and Sheffield Wednesday, two comatose giants and a day of relegation reckoning. Theathletic.com slash Forest Pod, the place to go to sign up if you haven't already. All right, next, we're going to preview Preston. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On Saturday, Forest Preston North End this drab, cursed season with a visit from the Lily Whites. They dispense with the services of Alex Neal, of whom I'm scared in March. <laughs> Frankie McAvoy's been minding the shop since then. Paul, it's a big one. Forest could finish 15th if they get a win here and results go their way. Woo! <laughs> yeah, Frankie McAvoy. I don't know why, but it sounds to me like he should be a character in EastEnders. I, I was thinking Peaky Blinders, but yeah. yeah well, maybe, like that. yeah. <laughs> that's even better. I like that. Frankie. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's just completely... We were having a conversation the other day about baby names and the Peaky Blinders came up, which was... I've gone <laughs> off on a huge tangent here. You're going to call a, a baby Peaky Blinders? Oh, well, wow. that's interesting. Well, it, yes. It, Esteban was the jokey one oh. that was coming forward at the end of it. We really have gone off on a tangent here and I've forgotten what the original question was. <laughs> I'm trying to generate some kind of enthusiasm slash interest about this absolutely nothing game that Forrest is going to finish the <laughs> yes. season with. Perhaps, um, perhaps talking about baby names was actually more interesting. I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, I don't know. It, it, we'll all be glad when it's over, won't we? Uh, I, I think Forrest players shouldn't be short of motivation because Chris Hewton's kind of said that he has largely made made up his mind on the players and what he wants to do with them, but... 
there's still got to be an opportunity there for for players to kind of prove that they've got a part to play in his in his plans or even the opposite you know if 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 they turn out an absolute pig of a performance and and play really appallingly badly then he might change his mind and decide that some players who wanted to be part of his plans no longer are uh i'm sure the list of players he wants to move on is long enough already but you know the the i don't think he'd be shy about adding one or two more to it if 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 need be so hopefully they can finish the season on a high hopefully they can give us all some some reason for optimism i i don't want to bang on about last season too much but you know that i can't get out of my head that the way that season finished was kind of drifted into this one as well so ending on a high really could really could help the mood going into the summer and hopefully make people feel just a little bit of optimism that, that next season is is going to be better yeah forest unbeaten in the last four against preston won there one nil in january only once in the last 11 meetings has either side scored more than one goal <laughs> in a game between the pair and that was preston's three nil win at the city ground back in 2018 you're going to be watching it nick uh, no, I don't think. Got to be watching Derby Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, haven't we? Yeah, I think I, I think so. I, I, I can't muster the enthusiasm um, uh, for this at all. That's the sort of almost uh, kind of picking up on something that Paul mentioned there. Almost the sort of I, I mean, with another another manager, I would be more sort of scared of this. But you know, obviously, we know Chris Hutton's very sensible, and as you say, he's probably made up his mind on most people. But the sort of almost worst case scenario is he plays Knockhart and Freeman, and they both play brilliantly, and he thinks, mm, actually, maybe um, maybe it is worth spending £10 million on uh, on Anthony Knockhart to kind of dance around the right right wing and hoof a ball into the stands every uh, every 20 minutes or so. But, and shout out the referee. And shout oh, yes, yes, sorry, and shout out the referee. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, hopefully that, uh, we, we don't think that, that, that Chris Hutton is that sort of um, knee-jerk about these things. But um, but Matt, just a, a quick question about uh, Alex Neal. You know, if you see like a big spider in, in a room somewhere and you know you know where it is, then you might be scared of spiders, but that, that's fine. But you know where it is. But it's when the spider disappears, so that's, that's when you start to get nervous because you don't know where it is. It could be anywhere. It could just kind of leap out on you. Do you feel the same way about Alex Neal? Because when he was a, when he was Preston manager, you knew where he was. You you knew what was happening. But now he hasn't got a job. Could be anywhere. Could be outside your house. Well, this is it. Uh, and actually, on the Totally Football League show, uh, also available from the Athletic, uh, the producer of that, the great Abby Patterson, keeps threatening whenever I kick off about something to get Alex Neal on as a guest. Uh, if anybody doesn't know this, just look at him. I mean, I just think that he would hate me and he would headbutt me as soon as look at me. So I don't ever want to kind of come across him unless he's fully aware that I'll be keeping my distance from him. I would I would times. pay good money, by the way, to see you give him a wrestler nickname. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's never make that happen. <laughs> and to announce it, what would it be out of interest? What would his wrestler nickname be? Oh, uh... Oh, something destroyer, I think, maybe. Oh, no, i tell you what would be good for him. The Bruiserweight, which is uh, Pete Dunne, who's a British wrestler's nickname. He's, he's kind of not the biggest guy, but he's very, not the tallest, but very hench. And I feel like with Alex Neal, if he punched you, it would really, really hurt a lot. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's not the Preston manager. Uh, well, who's had the worst season out of these two teams, do you think, Nick? It's probably Forrest, isn't it? But, I mean, Preston been pretty disappointing too and and if you're a Preston fan and you're ending the season without the manager who started and with Chad Evans up front you'd, you'd be thinking maybe I won't renew my season ticket yeah it is um 
uh, you, you, when Forest have one of these seasons, you do kind of look around for um, clubs that are in a worse state or have done worse things um, than uh, to, to provide a little bit of comfort. And, you know, however bad Forest are, at least they haven't signed Chad Evans. Genuinely think it would be you talking about renewing season tickets and so on. Genuinely think I would if they signed if Forrest signed him, I would. Um, uh, I don't know. Well, don't have a season ticket, so I can't make my protest in in that respect. But uh, I wouldn't have anything to do with Forrest if they um, if they signed him. Um, so yes, would much rather be in Forrest's position, chaotic and shambolic and whatever else that uh, we are, rather than being reduced to buying someone like him. Mm. They sold a lot of their best players as well, didn't they? So that's 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 been a really bad season for them on that front. I think they got rid of their three best their three best players. So uh, yeah, at least Forest only tend to sell one. And, and yeah, I've, I've I've really I've really set it up there for this summer, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, all the games on the final day of the championship season kick off at twelve thirty UK time this Saturday. After that, we can put this whole sorry mess behind us. Uh, nearly done for today, but there's still time for this. Yes, it's did they really play for Forest? Now we're going to wrap this up over the next couple of weeks because we're running out of contenders, frankly. So enjoy these last few episodes. Paul, bring your game face. Nick, tell us how it works. It's uh, a famous player um, who played for Forest at some stage, uh, perhaps had a slightly forgettable spell. Um, hence the name of the feature. Did they really play for Forest? Because we perhaps don't doesn't immediately spring to mind that they did play for Forest. Paul looks absolutely delighted that we've only got a couple of these left. But you know, <laughs> assuming assuming the uh, athletics version of Tony Hayes gives us a second series, then um, <laughs> I have to think we'll, we'll be thinking of something else to infuriate you, Paul. So you know, don't don't celebrate too much. Um, okay, so I'm gonna uh, gonna give five clues, um, starting with the le- most obscure uh, as to the identity of this former Forest player. So, okay, so clue one: I made my league debut alongside Chris Woods. That my team won six-one, but appropriately enough, I did not score any of those six goals. Can I just say that I love that producer Lucy's got a pen and paper, despite the fact that, that she's <laughs> barely out of her teens and has little knowledge of Nottingham Forest, but he's keen to get involved anyway. Uh, Lucy, have you got an answer? Shakes her head no. Paul, have you? I was just distracted by the way that Nick was clearly reading off something he's pinned to his wall or something. It's like, <laughs> I've got a... It's like, he's really... It's, it's like really breaking mean. down a crime scene in Silent Witness. But yeah, it's very professional here. Play. Yeah, I've, I've, I've taken over the, um, the, the dining room wall with a uh, large whiteboard. Um, <laughs> only allowed to write uh, clues for did they really play for Forrest on it. It's, uh, it's caused, caused some friction between me and my partner, but you know it's worth it for the, <laughs> worth it for the sake of the quiz. Um, I, I've forgotten that clue. Can you read it again, please? Something about Chris Woods. I made my league debut alongside Chris Woods in a game that my team won 6-1, but appropriately enough, I did not score any of those six goals. Right, okay. So there's probably a bit of a clue in the appropriately enough. Uh, You got anything, Paul? Mm. No. I'll chuck a name out there. I don't think it's right. Deli Adebola. No. No, that is uh, not correct. Although, you you, you know, uh, I, I can see where you were going with that. Uh, clue number two. I spent the majority of my career at Norwich City. Hmm. So the, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is is Darren Huckabee, but he famously scored lots of goals and quite a few of them for Forest. So probably not him. Paul, anything coming to mind? If he hasn't said no to Huckabee. 
Well, I, I, I'm not sure whether that was an official guess. No, it's not an official guess. No. Okay, it's not Darren Huckabee. <laughs> that was spitballing. <laughs> Paul? Um, for Norwich. Hmm. I was, was going to say Johnson, but he was there for ages. He wasn't really mm. a, a barely played for Forest, was he? Yeah, no. I was thinking Andy Johnson too. No, I've got nothing beyond that, I'm afraid. All right. Uh, um, Matt? Oh, no, I've got one. Go, yes. Go on. Robert Rosario. It is! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it is Robert Rosario. <laughs> Dug that one out. Stuff. Good Lord. Oh, well done. Winner of the, I think, 1991 goal of the season. Apparently so, Remember yeah. That from goals galore, 1991. Yeah. Clean as a whistle, is the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> um, remaining clues. After leaving Forest, I moved to America, where I currently work, work as a youth coach for Charlotte yeah. Independence, uh, where he's billed as Bobby Rosario. Maybe there's some kind of like <laughs> witness protection thing where he doesn't want to, you know, pe- he doesn't want people to actually find out where he is. Um, there, uh, clue number four. I, I won a Division One winners medal in 1993-4. I have absolutely no memory of him playing for Forest in that season, kind of obviously because he was usurped by uh, by Stan Collymore. But uh, apparently, he he did play uh, in that season, scored a couple of goals as well. And uh, the final clue, which would have obviously given it away if he hadn't got it already, I was signed in March 1993 when Brian Clough turned down the chance to sign Stan Collymore, and I was billed as a well-known, proven Premier League player that would solve Forest goal-scoring problems. He did not do that. No, no, it was a Gary Bannister kind of era, wasn't yeah. it? That, I mean, you could almost put that down, Paul, as Cluffy's biggest mistake at Forest, couldn't you? Because I mean, yeah, yeah I don't, you can't guarantee that Collymore would have got the goals to to keep them up, but he surely would have been a better option than, than Rosario. Well, the, almost anybody would have been, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I would have been, and I was like not old enough. Uh, I don't. What, it was a bad signing, wasn't it? I feel, I feel, I, I'm trying to think where I heard of him. I, I heard of, he was mentioned on a podcast the other day, and I can't think where it was. So he was um, you're listening to even more niche podcast than this one if they're bringing up <laughs> Big Bad Bob Rosario. It was it's a great name, though, isn't it, Robert Rosario? Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. going to give him some, and he was a good-looking chap as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it was. It, I mean, the 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 thing about Collymore is all. I mean, of the many kind of sad stories about Clough's decline in that last year or so. There was a quote. I think. I think this might have been from um, "Provided You Don't Kiss Me," where I think he he was talking to. Oh, the the name of the author's gone completely out of my my head. What who, the name of the guy that wrote Duncan Hamilton. Hamilton? Duncan Hamilton. Yeah, he was speaking to Duncan Hamilton and uh, about um, you know whether to sign Stan Cullimore, and he said something along the lines of, "The thing is, I used to know, but I just don't know anymore." Um, which you know is pretty all pretty kind of heartbreaking summary of that last uh, last season of, of Clough. I mean, it, they, they were this was you know in the the old fashioned uh, transfer deadline time, so it was kind of March time. Even if Stan Collymore had been the Stan Collymore that we kind of you know knew and um, uh, and you know the, the brilliant player that he became, and I think even he could have saved Forest that that season. They, you know, we were. So unbelievably bad. We had already had one brilliant player who had gone to much better things than Roy Keane, who was best player in about five different positions, and he couldn't save us. So I, I somehow doubt that even a kind of prime Stan Collymore would have um, made a huge amount of difference that season, unfortunately. And that'll just about do it for this episode. Before we go, Paul, what have you got lined up for Athletic subscribers to look forward to? Unbelievably, I am going to watch a lower league match on Sunday. 
Uh, we did a, a piece on Brennan Johnson recently. I went to watch him play for, for Lincoln at Burton and I volunteered to go and watch another of the young lads who's out on loan this weekend, which will take me quite a long way south on Sunday for a 12 o'clock kickoff. So I'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> I volunteered. I have no idea why. I'm going on a three-hour drive, which will, which will be nice after Forest season has ended. I don't know how I brought this upon myself, but I did. Well, I'm assuming you've got your weekends free for a little while after. That. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, what can you plug? Uh, in terms of plugging my work, I, as I mentioned last week, I'm working on the Totally Football Yearbook at the moment, which will, uh, is available to pre-order now from all your favourite um, booksellers out on the 5th of August. Um, in terms of no, something that is not my work, there is a, um, in these kind of obviously odd times, the, the, uh, there's a campaign being launched um, tomorrow morning on Twitter, uh, which is trying to encourage Forrest to pay um, their kind of match day staff and you know, casual staff the uh, a living wage, which um, according to the people who campaigned it, they asked various people at the club about um, last year and they said that uh, paying those staff the living wage would harm their ability to comply with FFP, which I'm no accountant, but uh, that does seem a little bit iffy. So there is a um, uh, a campaign starting on uh, Twitter to, uh, on Saturday morning, actually, I think. Uh, I, the link is one of those complicated things to sort of say out loud, so I will tweet it out. So if, I, if anyone wants to find that, uh, go to at uh, NickMiller79 on Twitter, and I will tweet that link out. Good stuff. Uh, right, next week will be our end of season special as we dish out non-existent prizes in a range of categories from player of the year to moment of the season. Probably won't take that long, but hopefully at least by then we can revel in Derby's relegation. Uh, many thanks to Paul, to Nick and to producer Lucy for their help today and to you for joining us. We'll catch up with you again same time next week. Until then, from all of us here, it's bye for now. The Athletic. And wouldn't you just know it, just after we finished recording, Forrest confirmed that Marcus McGuane has left the club to join Oxford United for an undisclosed fee. The 22-year-old joined Forrest from Barcelona in January 2020, but he's been on loan at the Kassam Stadium and has clearly impressed. 